Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. God's sign of salvation inscribed in creation, and that is revealed in the cross and the resurrection on the third day. The Bible says the tree was created on the third day, the third day being the resurrection, the tree having in Hebrew language the word eights, which is the word for wood. So before time, time was created on the fourth day of creation, but the cross is before the foundation of the world, the plan of salvation revealed in creation. But we also see inscribed in Genesis chapter 1, we see what took place at the Red Sea. We see that at the shores of the Red Sea, God said to Moses in, Gen in, in Exodus chapter 14, he said to stretch out your, your hand over the sea and divide the waters from the waters. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go there for a moment so that we understand the divine plan of God, that nothing is by accident. God didn't plan the Red Sea escape for his people at the spur of the moment. This was ordained before the foundation of the world. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 14, looking at verse 16, the Bible says, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Hallelujah. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back with a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. You may say, where is that in the creation story? Oh, that is right there in Genesis chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. When God said, let the waters be divided from the waters. And the waters divided. And on the third day of creation, the Almighty said, and let the waters be gathered into one place and let dry land appear. We have the very same language, let dry land appear, let the waters be divided from the waters. The very same words that Moses used at the Red Sea, Moses used when he was telling us the creation story. Why? Because that Red Sea, the, the waters in the sea were already had the word of God deposited in them. And so we see biblical feasts in creation, the Passover, the children of Israel leaving Egypt during the time of Passover in the creation. We also see other biblical feasts in the creation, such as the 10 utterances by which God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible teaches us that God said 10 times, 
you read the book of Genesis in the creation story, you will see God said, God said, God said. Genesis 1-3, God said. Genesis 1-6, God said. Genesis 1-9, God said. So we are seeing 10 times that God said. And we see it in a seven-day period. 10 and 7. And that is the inscription in creation for Day of Atonement. The 10th day of the seventh month, you will have a Day of Atonement. We also have first fruits in creation. On the third day of creation, let me read it for you to you so that you understand I'm going in a direction I wasn't planning, but God knows because he's preparing us for a supernatural segment of time. How many of you are ready? Hallelujah. Notice it says in verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind whose seed is in itself and it was so. What's going on here? Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed. If you translate this from English to Hebrew, you will understand that it actually says, let the earth bring forth the deshet and the uh, sprouted grain, the grass, the sprouted grain. That raises a question. Which grass is a sprouted grain? And that is wheat. On the third day of creation, the first thing that comes up is sprouted grain. Before time, time was created on the fourth day of creation. That's when God created the sun and the moon, and that's where we get our time on earth. So that we see that the biblical feasts, especially the pilgrim feasts, are already inscribed in creation, and the answer is why? Because God is showing us that there is a secular segment of time and there is a supernatural segment of time and God is about to invade his people with hallelujah. The biblical new year. You see, the biblical new year, beloved saints, is not like a secular segment of time because God created the calendar. This is not something that's dead history. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, saying, This shall be the beginning of months to you. It is the first month of the year to you. God set it up that Israel would leave 400 years of bondage, hallelujah, and God was going to create a new time. Hello, somebody. Time doesn't begin till you break the bondage of Egypt. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Say this with me. I'm ready for a new time. And so, beloved saints, as we prepare in the seventh month, the first day of the seventh month, we prepare for what is known as Rosh Hashanah, 
We as God's people, the Bible says, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. That means everything that God promised to Abraham is ours through Christ. That does not mean by any means that we replace Israel. But it means we're grafted in. It means we too are recipients of the promises. Somebody should shout the victory. You better tell your neighbor, I don't know about you, but I want all the promises God's got in his word. Hello, somebody. I'm not talking about the curse. I'm talking about promises. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Galatians chapter 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, verse 14. That... Hallelujah. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Somebody ought to praise God. You better turn to your neighbor and say, I know what I'm ready to receive. All right. So we want to know what exactly is this beautiful season that's coming upon us that God is giving us through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. What is this because we are recipients because he shed his blood on Calvary. Hallelujah. So we see in Leviticus chapter 23, look at it with me if you will. Leviticus 23, and we're going to focus on verse 24. The Bible says, speak to the children of Israel and say unto them, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you shall have a memorial Hallelujah, a blowing of the trumpets, a holy convocation. Now, I want you to see something because it is not a coincidence. It is divinely prepared by heaven that all the biblical feasts should be in segments of seven. And we see the first biblical feast is actually listed in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3, is the Shabbat. And why do we even... We as Christians, do we need to come under the law? And the answer is no. But there is a supernatural secret in Shabbat that we need to know about. It's the secret of the Sabbath. And we need to understand that the rest that the Sabbath brings is rest, not just resting in the sense of ceasing from everything you do, but ceasing from your labor. And you know, there are two kinds of labor. There is labor that produces profit, and then there is labor that produces no profit at all. There is a type of labor that keeps us in cycles year after year. There is a type of labor that is a bondage. I hope somebody's hearing me. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 14, do you really want to know the kind of deliverance that God is given to his people? In Isaiah chapter 14, go with me, saints. I want to, to show you what this, this uh, revelation is all about. The Bible says in verse 3, and it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will give you rest from your sorrow. How many are ready for rest from sorrow? Say, I'm going to take a supernatural Shabbat from sorrow. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. The Lord 
will give you rest from sorrow. Now watch this, looking at the word. He will give you on that day rest from your sorrow and from your fear. Anybody here got some anxieties? Are you being pressed into something that you really don't want to do, but the enemy is keeping you in a place of fear or anxiety? God is saying in that day, I'm going to give you Shabbat. I'm going to give you rest from your sorrow. Hallelujah. And I'm going to give you rest from your fear. Now watch this. And from your hard bondage, wherein you were made to serve. How many folk here want some deliverance from the hand of the wicked one that put you under some bondage? Somebody ought to say, I'm getting ready to Shabbat from all of my sorrow and all of my hardship. Somebody ought to give God the praise in this place. Tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to Shabbat my sorrow. I'm getting ready to Shabbat from hard bondage. The devil cannot lock me up anymore. I'm free to do God's will. I will not be bound in the name of Jesus. And somebody ought to give God the praise. So every biblical feast whether it is the, the first biblical feast mentioned in Leviticus 23, verse 3, which is the Shabbat. Then we see in Leviticus 23, verse 6, a seven-day feast with unleavened bread. Then we see that system of seven increasing. The Bible says you will have a feast of weeks in verse 15 of Leviticus 23. Now you not only have a, a, a feast of one seven, then you increase to seven days, then you increase to seven weeks. And then you increase to the seventh month. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. But God is preparing rest for his people. And somebody ought to praise God. All right. So, okay, Dr. Corral, we heard all that. But can you just kind of make it real in my own personal life? All right. So let's go back to Leviticus 23, and I want you to see verse 24 again, and I want you to see one of the many names of this glorious biblical feast. One of the many names is the Yom HaZikaron, which actually means the day of remembrance. Say with me, the day of remembrance. The Bible tells us, uh, the Bible says, and in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you will have a Shabbat, a memorial, a blowing of the trumpets, a holy convocation. It's not just a day of the blowing of the shofars. That's nice, that's wonderful, and that is glorious. But that is not really what I want to speak to you about. I want to speak to you about the multi-miracles that God has performed in his word on Rosh Hashanah. I want to show you what it means, a memorial. First of all, what was that memorial based on? What memorial is God talking about? God is talking about a memorial of a certain event that took place in Genesis 22. When God said, Abraham, and all he had to do was call his name Abraham, he didn't have to give the assignment first and then Abraham is going to decide whether he's going to do it or not. I hope somebody's hearing me today. I said, he said, Abraham, and Abraham responded, 
with this phrase, Hanini. What does Hanini mean? Here I am. Doesn't mean he's lost. Abraham's look, God's looking for Abraham. Where are you, Abraham? Hello, are you somewhere in the bushes? No, he is calling him. And when Abraham heard his name, he responded, Hanini. Hanini means I'm ready. Whatever you ask, you don't have to, you don't have to talk me into it, God. You don't have to, you do not need to talk me into doing your will. I'm ready to do it right now. can get any help in this house. Hanini, I'm ready. God didn't even tell him what it was. Most of the time when God says, calls the name like Moses, he said, Moses. Moses said, Hanini. He didn't know that the place he was hiding for 40 years from the face of Pharaoh that God was going to say, go back. Hello, somebody. Your Hanini may be very difficult, but God is going to give you an anointing in this new year to say yes to God no matter what. So what occurred on that day that is the miraculous memorial? When he said, take your son, your only son who you love, and go to one, your only son who you love, and God said his name, Isaac, so you don't get it confused with Ishmael. Take Isaac, and go to one of the mountains that I will show you of and offer him there as a burnt offering. I want you to go with me to see Christ in Rosh Hashanah. How many of you want to see Calvary in Rosh Hashanah? Say, I know that this is my, my day because it's bought by the blood. Somebody ought to say a blood-bought blessing. Somebody ought to shout it. Hallelujah. Let's look at these blood-bought blessings that God shows us. Now, I want you to see there are Calvary codes throughout the Scripture. Those of you who have been with our ministry for some time know that we call this blood evidence. We see that God's plan before the worlds began was that Jesus Christ would become the sin offering in the future on a hill called Mount Calvary. But up to the point of Mount Calvary, God needs to see evidence Whenever there's going to be deliverance, whenever there's going to be salvation, whenever there's going to be somebody set free or any kind of national deliverance for his people, there has to be a Calvary connection. There has to be a revelation of that blood evidence that will happen on Mount Calvary in the future. And based on the promise Jesus made before the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, verse 8, he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It was already decided before this world was ever made that Jesus would go to Calvary. Calvary is the message of the Bible. I hope somebody understands what I'm speaking about. And so we see... Beloved saints, 
that he goes, he obeys immediately. His hanini is immediate. The Bible says, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and he saddled his donkey and took two young men with him and Isaac his son, clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up to go to the place that God had told him. Then on the third day, say this with me, the third day. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, abide here and I will go yonder and worship and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and he laid it on his son. Now I want you to see something. I want you to see that the miracle happened on the third day. Say this with me. The miracle happened on the third day. I want you to know there are tremendous third day miracles all throughout the Bible. The third day represents the resurrection of our Lord who was risen on the third day. And the Bible says on the third day that Abraham clave the wood to Isaac. That means Isaac bore on his back a tree. Are you with me if you are? Because the word wood and the word tree in Hebrew are the same word. It's the word eights. So Abraham put the eights on Isaac's back on the third day. Now, there is a saying in Hebrew It's very important for us to understand. The actions of the fathers are a sign to the children. What does that mean? That means the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what they did were a sign for future generations. They're a sign for what's going to happen in the future. I hope somebody's hearing me. I said they are a sign for what's going to happen in the future. And God stopped Abraham. When Abraham lifted the knife, God said, Abraham, notice what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in verse 12, the angel came out of heaven and said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him, for now I know that you fear God. Hmm, fear God. I said, you fear God. Seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, and Abraham lifted up his eyes. Now watch this. And he saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Say this with me, a ram's horn. Say it again, a ram's horn. Say this with me, a ram's horn is a shofar. He saw a ram's horn and he offered it instead of his son. And God made a promise to Abraham because all of the merits that are laid up that Abraham went through for his tests were for his descendants. God said, everything you've gone through, I'm going to bless your descendants as your reward. I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about. Somebody ought to say, I'm Abraham's descendant. 
child of God, if you didn't read the Bible, then you're not Abraham's descendant. But if you read in the Bible, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That means you are a Rosh Hashanah recipient. And look what God promised on Rosh Hashanah. That was the first Rosh Hashanah that is recorded. Of course, the first Rosh Hashanah was in creation. We also have a Rosh Hashanah with Noah. But this is a major Rosh Hashanah. Watch this. Genesis 23, 16. The Lord said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore. Now watch this. And his seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. I don't know about you, but when Rosh Hashanah comes, I'm getting ready to possess the gates of my enemies. And somebody ought to say amen. Say this with me. It's my Rosh Hashanah blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.